quo with the Fed set to hike rates numerous times this year. It's not a straight line for bond yields and equities. Bond yields actually fell on Friday and so did shares. We'll look at the reasons behind that at the start of what's going to be an interesting week, not just for the Fed, but also Aussie inflation numbers tomorrow. Could they change the views of the RBA? And a big day for PMIs, but, you know, driven by supply chains, days off sick. How useful are they really? It's Monday, the 24th of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, Friday saw more demand for bonds. Consequently, U.S. Treasury yields lost five basis points. The same for 10-year gilts in the U.K. Almost as much for 10-year bonds in Germany, which are now firmly back into negative territory. Aussie 10 years lost eight basis points on Friday as well. And equities lost their way a bit too. A 2.7% fall in the Nasdaq on Friday. 1.9% for the S&P 500 and 1.3% for the Dow. Same story in Europe. The DAX lost almost 2%. Uh, The FTSE was uh, down 1.2%. And we finished Friday with the ASX 200 down 2.3% as well. The US dollar slid a little on Friday, but over the week, of course, it was up up almost half a percent on the DXY, but still well below the highs that we've seen since Christmas. And the Aussie dollar lost 0.6% on Friday. The pound down a third of 1%. The euro gained 0.3%. So this continued drive down in equities, uh, the Nasdaq, for example, down 13% so far this year. Let's start with that and the mixed fortunes of bonds as well, uh, with NAB's Tapper Strickland in Sydney. So I mean, the Nasdaq obviously been driven down by inflation concerns, but bond yields uh, were picking up first half of this month. Now they seem to be on their way back down again, in many cases uh, below where we started this month. So what's going on here? Because obviously we, uh, we've, got, we've got the Fed this week. So why this sudden turnaround in, in, in bonds and equities? Hey, good morning, Phil. It was a fascinating night in terms of market moves in uh, US equities again and uh, some of those moves now spilling into the bond sector and I think that's the best way to to, to see it there. You had the initial sell-off in equities driven by fears about how aggressive uh, Fed policy would be Uh, and then within the bond market you're starting to see some notion that the Fed may start to react to that in the sense that they may come out on Wednesday when the FOMC meets with a little bit more moderate language to try and rein in a little bit of the market reaction to their hawkish pivot that they're seeing. Um, so it's worth noting just um, where US 10 year yields now are at the moment. So I think they reached a low of 1.73 on Friday and currently at 1.76, and they were at 1.87 on January 18. So there has been uh, a reigning in of yields around by about 10 basis points. But importantly, the two year yields have fallen by a lot less. So you're still getting that curve flattening theme occurring. Out there, so still some notion that as the Fed uh, starts to lift rates uh, in March and as the year progresses, uh, that will start to slow the economy down. Right, and but perhaps pushing equities up. If you look at uh, Bloomberg today, they're talking about how much the S and P five hundred has increased whenever there's been uh, rate hikes going on. So I wonder if we'll uh, we'll we'll see that again, uh, or do you think perhaps investors will start? And here's a radical thought: will start to look at the underlying value of some of these companies they've been investing in, particularly during the lockdown. I think there is some notion of that already occurring. So when you look at the NASDAQ, it's down, what, around 15.5% from its November peak. Yeah. Uh, you look at the ARK Innovation ETF, which was uh, investing in a whole heap of uh, emerging tech firms, and that's down by around 54% since its peak back in February. So that already has been uh, some movement out of those kind of speculative names, especially those ones which uh, didn't have too much in the way of revenue there. So you've already seen that correction um occurring within the NASDAQ space. Um, In terms of whether we get further declines from here, just worth noting the broader S&P 500 uh, is now uh, just sitting just below its 200-day moving average, and that tends to be a fairly 
bearish uh, uh, sell signal. And so you actually may, may, may still see, we may not have seen the end of this uh, stock market sell-off here. And when you think about it, the pandemic um, saw central banks cutting rates quite aggressively uh, and giving guidance that they weren't going to be touching rates, very confident that inflation was going to be low. And I think a lot of people did extrapolate that uh, a long way into the future, as central banks told them to do. And then now you're coming to this point in time when you've got uh, inflation in the US running at 7%, uh, you've got the US Fed uh, tilting hawkish. Um, and so it's a very different assumption set out there. So uh, definitely in some areas uh, within risk markets, um, a lot of people are trying to draw the implication of what does high real yields mean. And I guess that's that's what's driving the volatility, isn't it? Because in some shares, so Netflix, for example, did Netflix really deserve a 20% fall in their value because they only added 2.5 million subscribers in the, or they expect to only add uh, 2.5 million in the first three months of this year rather than the 4 million that uh, analysts had expected. And they, they saw this 20% drop in their value. I mean, that seems uh, a bit of an overreaction, doesn't it? Shows there's a lot oh, of yeah. nervousness around, I guess. It definitely, definitely shows there's a lot of nervousness, but there's also some other earnings reports out there that suggest a lot of that boom that we did see uh, in the kind of pandemic-related tech uh, is, is starting to fade. And one of those was Peloton, which yeah. uh, did see uh, falls in the sales of their um, um, home bikes. And, Do you know uh, there's, one, there's, there's, there's things just like a Peloton that actually have wheels that actually go. You can go, <laughs> can outside, go outside. They, you can take your places. <laughs> but they've actually stopped production, haven't they, because they've got too much of an inventory. So that's bound to go down. But look, it's going to be an interesting week this week, and amongst everything else, isn't it? Because it is a, a big earnings week. We've got Microsoft, McDonald's, Tesla, uh, some quite big names to watch out for this week. Oh, definitely. And I think all focus is really going to be on those uh, tech earnings just to see whether the earnings multiples are justified uh, and whether the kind of um, forecast of earnings growth is uh, on, on track there. And the other one I'll be looking at quite closely is uh, Caterpillar, just as the barometer of how the global economy is going at, at the moment. Three diverging outlooks, you'd have to say um, Asia, particularly Japan, uh, mm. so, so Asia, particularly China, is looking is looking relatively weak. Yeah, and then, of course, on top of all that, we've got geopolitics at play because who knows what's going to happen in Ukraine this week. I mean, there's a, a BBC report saying that uh, Putin is trying to install Mr. Muriev as uh, the head of the Ukraine government, a, a pro-Moscow figure who might have some influence because he owns quite a bit of, of media. Now, that's not going to go down very well with Mr. Putin. And, uh, uh, we, we, you know, we know there's talks happening this week, so uh, it could go either way, couldn't it? But aside from that, let's look at, let's look at the Fed. So the expectation is that they're going to raise interest rates in March. Some people have been saying maybe as much as half a percent to give a bit of a jolt to the market. But on the other extreme, we've got the IMF uh, almost saying what President Xi has been saying, that, uh, you know, rate hikes right now could throw cold water on the, on the recovery, especially if it's driven from inflation, which is largely the result, the result of supply constraints. Mm. I think key for markets will be, um, does Chair, Chair Fed Powell still expect inflation to come back down uh, with a relatively modest hiking path. Um, so if he does, and there's good reasons that he thinks that, uh, then you have to say what's priced into the market in terms of Fed rate hike expectations is probably enough. Uh, at the moment, there's 4.2 hikes priced in 2022. Um, and that chance of a 50 basis point hike in March is pretty much unwound. So when I was looking at it, I think markets are pricing 25.7 basis points. So um, back, to, back to fully pricing a 25 basis point rate hike come March. And then the other one is, um, is where the Fed uh, all described itself in terms of trying to get to neutral there. And if you cast your mind back to 2018, uh, there was a big bond market sell-off 
and risk risk asset sell-off when um, Chair Powell characterised the Fed as being a long way from neutral, which implied a fairly aggressive rate hike path. Um, and it's just worth noting the Fed dot plot has the neutral rate around that 2.5% level, and markets are heavily discounting that given five-year, one-year forwards are at 1.68%. So that's one way that you could get a hawkish reaction there, that the Fed says they have to go into restricted territory and that they think they're a long way from neutral. But uh, when you look at it in terms of the risk assets, you'll have to say um, I think the Fed and Chair Powell will try and um, balance that and uh, be fairly measured in their language. And I think they're still of the view um, that some components of uh, inflation is in that kind of transitory basket, and that should help uh, bring down inflation from the current 7%. Yeah, and uh, the problem is, of course, the transitory is taking a long time, but but, but, but the, this, this supply constraint is going to be around for a long time, isn't it? Because Omicron is still there. I mean, in many developed countries... Uh, you know, we've got the tight labour market, which isn't helping in, in, in supplies, but we're also getting lots of people off sick. So the COVID rate in the US coming down a fair bit, but the seven day average is still at 713,000. The average death rate is still well over 2000 per day, which is the highest it's been since February. So it ain't over till it's over. And I guess, you know, people won't be keen to fully resume their lives as they as they did before. I mean, we're getting there, but it's still affecting supplies. Uh, and so that uh, that transitory period is going to be extended by all of that. So that's going to keep on adding to that inflation figure, isn't it? Uh, it, it should. Uh, what we do know from the evidence so far from South Africa and also uh, from the UK is that uh, Omicron does tend to peak uh, relatively soon. And then you do get a fairly aggressive tail off as well. So mm. um, it's hoped that the most acute disruptions to activity uh, start to abate uh, with, within the next month. And that's the hope in Australia as well. And we've seen that peak in hospitalizations in New South Wales. I think uh, hospitalizations have fallen for three days now. Yeah. Um, so that is suggestive of that peak uh, starting to occur. The, the, the worry for me is really in China, which still runs that zero COVID policy. Yeah. Uh, and the potential that uh, further lockdowns in China have uh, to disrupt ac- activity. Now, supply chains. what about retail sales in the UK then? Because they were a disaster for December. Down 3.7% month on month. That is uh, presumably because the, the cost of living is starting to bite. Inflation, uh, again, supply constraints and all that sort of stuff. We also saw consumer confidence falling. Uh, and on top of that, for the UK, there's a question mark over whether, uh, you know, who's going to be uh, the prime minister in a week or two. Uh, but, you know, despite all of that, no big moves on the on the pound versus other currencies, was there? No, not, not really. Um, and uh, I think it goes back to the kind of inflation picture in the UK at the moment. And uh, one Bank of England official, Catherine Mann, was out saying she's concerned about that self-reinforcing dynamic between wages and prices and that it's up to the BOE to temp- expectations for those increases. So when you look at market pricing, uh, they're still almost fully pricing um, a rate hike at the next BOE meeting. And I think there's about four rate hikes priced for the year as, as well. So I guess the risk to the UK is that you do see that slowing becoming a little bit more entrenched and that puts uh, downward pressure on uh, the amount of inflation there and that the BOE doesn't uh, have to hike rates as far as it does. But at the moment, we're not seeing too much of an indication in terms of that. Now, tomorrow is a pretty important uh, day for Australia, isn't it? We get the inflation numbers. Could this be a telling moment for the RBA, do you think? I mean, might they come around to the way the markets are thinking and you know, suggest that a rate rise might happen this year if those numbers, which they may well do, provide, provide an upside surprise? I mean, look at how Aussie bond yields moved at the end of last week. Oh, yes. And uh, the Aussie uh, Q4 CPI on Tuesday uh, will be 
the major focus for the uh, Australian markets. And when you look at what the RBA was forecasting back in November, they're forecasting um, a trim mean inflation print of 0.6% Q on Q. And uh, when, when we've run the numbers, we're getting a print closer to 0.8% Q on Q. And what's significant about that is that annualizes to 2.5% year on year, uh, which mm. is at the midpoint of the RBA's 2 to 3% inflation target. And you incorporate uh, last Thursday's labor market data, which had the unemployment rate of 4.2%. Uh, we're fairly confident the RBA will be able to forecast core trim mean inflation uh, at the midpoint of its inflation target across its entire forecast horizon. And... The RBA did not expect to be in that situation until December 2023. Um, so the RBA is uh, there almost uh, two years ahead of when they had forecast. And in that situation, you can easily see uh, the RBA um, feeling the need to, to hike rates um, a lot earlier. Uh, and markets, of course, are well priced for that, uh, pricing in four rate hikes in uh, 2022 uh, with a first price buy. July there. Um, at the moment, the RBA is still going with this rhetoric that um, just given it's undershot its inflation target for so long um, prior to the pandemic, uh, they're, they're really waiting until wages growth uh, gets closer to 3% plus for them to be assured that inflation is going to be at that 2 to 3% uh, inflation target for a sustained period. Uh, but as we have seen in the, the US, uh, inflation above target is uncomfortable for central banks and uh, the RBA could always uh, change their rhetoric as well. So we'll mm. be on the watch out for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see what those numbers bring tomorrow. Today, Global PMI Day. I really think that should be a public holiday, shouldn't it? So we uh, all get a chance to digest it. We get them for uh, for Europe, the US, the UK. Now, I wonder how useful these numbers are going to be because really, I mean, it's an indication of how supply chains are impacting markets, how jobs and job tightness is impacting markets, uh, sickness levels. You know, you've got to take all of that into account and you'd hope that most of those are going to be transitory factors and everyone's at a different stage in how they're dealing with this. So, I mean, should we actually pay too much attention to the, the relative merits of the US versus Europe, for example. We hope it's all going to come out in the wash eventually. Yes, yeah, so you, you'd probably expect uh, a little bit of underperformance uh, from Europe relative to the US, just given that they did tighten up restrictions there. And some flavour to where the services PMI might go uh, is given in those uh, UK retail sales that we are just talking about before. There. It does seem like there has been a hit to us. Uh, services activity due to the um, Omicron variant and spread uh, in Europe. Um, you just hope that as you do get that peak in cases, um, you do get that uh, recovery in e- economic activity there. So I think markets will be discounting it, uh, particularly just given uh, yeah. that the FOMC really dominates uh, the kind of risk events this week. Yeah, um, so exactly. I think, uh, FOMC and uh, Australian inflation, they're the two things to focus on, aren't they? So uh, we'll, we'll follow both closely. Good to talk. Uh, Tapas, we'll catch you again very soon. Oh, Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.